Welcome to the Jack and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son Clark, and here to tell you about it. There are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then they will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios. Okay. Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy show. I'm Stacy. And really today it's going to be the Steve and Stephanie and Stacy show because we have a wonderful interview with Steve. Do you prefer to be called Steve or Steven? Uh, Steve. Steve, okay. So with Steve and Stephanie Zank, and we will be talking about the topic of overwhelm. It's February, 2022, and this has been our topic of the month. And these two amazing individuals in our community have agreed to answer some of our questions and hopefully inform us on how they move about in the world when they deal with overwhelm and they help so many others. So Steve and Stephanie run the entire football program at our local high school. And Stephanie, you wanna take it from there and kind of introduce how you guys even got there and more about who you are? Sure. Great. Uh, So uh, my name is Stephanie Zink. I am a uh, born and raised in Salinas. Um, I've been a teacher for almost 22 years and kind of gone through a bunch of schools um, in the area. I started out at um, San Benancio and taught middle school uh, physical education um, in the early 2000s and then moved to North Salinas High School in 2004. Um, And then my husband, came over to North Salinas in 2005 and we've been together at school since then. So we were there till 2014 and then moved to Salinas High in 2014 and we've been there together since then. Wow. Now I want to know a little more about how you guys met actually because I know only know I only know Steve and Stephanie. I don't really know like separately how that happened. Um, well, I was um, finishing, I finished school and um, I had decided to move home in um, July of 2000. Uh, my roommate had moved out and so I just didn't want to live by myself and I just decided that I would move home for a little bit. So I moved back and I, uh, my sister asked me to go to the gym with her and so we went over to the gym and I was working out and I saw somebody from far away and I was like, God, I know who that is, but I can't figure out who it is because I was too far to see who it was. So as I got closer, it was um, a guy that I went to high school with, uh, Mark Bonus. And we just kind of struck up conversation because we hadn't seen each other in five years since we left school, high school. And uh, we started chatting and he's like, hey, you should come over to my house. And he lived right across the street from uh, from Hartnell. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went over to his house one day and lo and behold, um, Steve walks in um, after football practice when he was coaching at Palma. And um, I was like, oh, hello. Hey, he was that a big hunk of burning love. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's Woo. that's actually how we met to, to get together. But I actually met him probably a few years before that um, when I was dating somebody that he went to high school with and they came home from college. So kind of funny. I'd actually met him quite a few years before, but oh. uh, clearly not the right time. So Right. All the timing. Yes. Cute. Now, Steve, I want to hear your side of that story. How'd you get, how'd you end up there? Um, <laughs> Mark is, uh, Mark, uh, the guy she was talking about, we've been friends since we we're 14 years old and uh, I went to the other school and he went to Salinas, but, uh, just mutual friends. And we'd been friends since we were kids. And it was, uh, his house when, uh, we were all in our early twenties was kind of the clubhouse for everybody. Uh, so we all always started out at his house and then figured out what we were going to do for the, you know, rest of the day or the evening. And, 
it was kind of fun, you know, fun. We had six or seven of us and friends since we were 14 years old. And, uh, and then Stephanie came over one night and, uh, and we hadn't decided what we were going to do for the night. I'm sure we were going to drink beer and do something, but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh probably play board games. I think is what we were doing a lot of at that point, but, okay. but or dominoes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Stephanie came over and I was like, oh, wait, hold on. I know who that is. And I'd met her one more, one time before. And I think she dated about six of my friends growing up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but I, yeah, whatever. Well, but she's I pretty cute. Her. She's pretty cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'd never met her before. And I was like, oh, it's just, I don't know. She was captivating. Like it was uh, hard not to pay attention to her. So. She wow. just had her personality. I mean, she's beautiful. There's that part, but uh, her personality was just great. And I couldn't get enough of listening to her talk, and she talks a lot. So <laughs> it worked out pretty good. I love you, too. <laughs> I love you, too, honey. That's really yeah. sweet. I like hearing the way you, you speak about her. Captivating. What a beautiful term, really. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. Awesome. Well, tell me, tell us more about how you guys work together. Like, what does that look like running an entire football program? You guys work at a high school. Maybe Steve, you could tell us about kind of what your day is like and your, especially during football season. And gosh, that's all. Well, yeah, I started out, I started out coaching and uh, teaching at Palma. Uh, I went to school there and uh, Jeff Carnazzo talked to me about coaching after I got done with college and I never actually planned to coach or teach. And, uh, <laughs> Jeff was the uh, JV head coach at that point in time, and uh, Norm Costa, who was both of our coaches back in the day, was still the head coach. And uh, okay. I, I never even thought about doing either. And Jeff had talked me into it. Uh, well, I mean, he talked to me, and we met about it. And he definitely convinced me it was something I'd like to do for a year. And I was not planning on coaching after that year. That was 1998. I was planning. I took my vacation. I had a different job and took my vacation for double days and really enjoyed it. And then about a month in, uh, they had a change in a math teacher and uh, Coach Soper, who was a longtime dean at this one and retired. And, and Jeff had talked to me about it. You should, talk, you should think about applying. You're great with kids and seems like you're natural at it. And you should think about, you know, applying to teach math. And I, at that point in time, I wouldn't say I was unhappy, but I didn't really see the job I was in being my career and I was kind of starting to look around at other things. So I, I interviewed and got the job and 25 years later, still teaching and coaching. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I was the head coach at North Salinas for nine years. Uh, love the kids, love the community, love the families, but mm -hmm. felt like it was, uh, it's a full-time job. And I felt like I was missing out on my family and missing out on, you know, my son, yeah. my wife and I'm spending so much time in school that we really weren't I, we just I didn't feel like we had enough family time so I actually stepped down and and then uh transferred it's never a good idea if you're the head coach and if you're going to be I still wanted to coach I didn't want to be the head coach anymore and I didn't want you know my shadow to I didn't want kids to be negatively affected because I was still there I guess so um, so we both right. actually ended up changing schools and Salinas is a mile down the street, so it seemed like, well, our kid will probably end up there. This seems like a good fit. And same school district, all that stuff, so it wasn't much of a big change. Um, and then Coach Goodbody was the head coach there, and he actually uh, talked me into coaching again. And, and then uh, after three years, he retired. And uh, he was great about he's not a pressure guy, and he wanted to support whoever the new head coach was, so he didn't. He was real clear that he wasn't picking favorites and he wasn't doing any of that. And then uh, I had actually decided I, I didn't really want to be a head coach again. And uh, he was, you know, he told me, he goes, I'd support me, but he encouraged me to at least think about it. And uh, and then Stephanie uh, talked to me about it. She likes me doing it. And not for any reason other than, you know, we're both teachers at the school and she thought I'd be great for kids. Right. And uh, our talk was, is like, well, we're gonna, if, I'm, if we're going to do this again, then I don't want it to be me doing it. I want it to be us doing it because I don't want to feel like I'm giving up family for football. Right. And I don't want to feel like, you know, giving up my marriage and giving up my, my son for football. And right. and so we kind of worked out how we were going to do it together. And 
we really do do it as a partnership. Like mm-hmm. I'm technically, I guess, the head coach, but we discuss everything that we do together. So we really work together on it. And a typical day for me is I get at school between 6.45 and 7.15, and I generally have kids there all day okay. besides teaching classes and doing my normal math job. And and then we're in the off season now, so 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock, we have various weightlifting activities going on and mm-hmm. just kind of spend a lot of time encouraging kids to do well and encouraging them to play other sports and all the different things that I think make kids successful in school. Right. Um, and then during the season, it's 16 hours a day of football and weekends and everything. And and Stephanie is definitely the – Stephanie does the organization part. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get to spend my time focused, and I don't even coach position anymore. Like, I get to focus my time on management and making sure kids are, you know, doing well and making sure my coaches are taken care of. And Stephanie does most of the organization for us. Yeah. I just have to say, it's such a beautiful, just a member of the community. It is so, we benefit, our whole community benefits from your just beautiful relationship together and how you engage with the school and the students. And I just admire your philosophies so much and the the way that it plays out. You can see it in the students and the so many moving parts and so many personalities to engage with. It's, phenomenal you guys do a phenomenal job i try to we always say that oh sorry no go ahead i'm just saying i'm grateful as a member of the community oh. too um that you guys are invested so beautifully thank you we try to keep the focus and the easy the part that makes it easier is that we keep the focus on what's best for kids mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of programs don't do that that was something that I didn't do the first time around as a head coach because, you know, growing up, it was different. You know, our generation was different. And it was, you know, program first, you know, then coaches and kids and always thinking about, you know, what's best for the program. And we decided that, like, there's no program without kids mm-hmm. and there's no there's no school without kids. I mean, so the focus we decided was, hey, we're, everything's going to be about what's best for kids. Yeah. Right? Not necessarily what's best for football, but what's best for kids first, what's best for the program second. And then uh, my coaches really, I think, buy into the servant leadership that, you know, that's kind of what we're looking for is guys that are willing to put kids first and put their needs first uh, and football second. And it works, seems to work out. So. Uh uh Yeah. Well, from the outside looking in, you know, I can see the results of it in our community and in the students. So. Pretty cool. Um, so I want to talk a little, I want to, you know, our topic is overwhelm. And so, I mean, just, just hearing all of that, it sounds great. I mean, I see the output. It's wonderful. <laughs> how does that impact just your family? Like you talked about previously, how when the focus was different, maybe it affected your family poorly or it could have. Um, so, you know, talk to me a little more, either of you really about how that, um, I mean, was it overwhelming to have a um, so many irons in the fire and running a giant football program? Or how about let me let me clarify this question a little bit better. How do you define overwhelm, or how do you experience it? And Stephanie, why don't you go first? Um, well, I mean, to me, um, overwhelm is uh, getting to a point where you can't necessarily prioritize or figure out what you need to get done. So, you know, if you come from so many different directions, you just get to that point where like, oh my God, I don't know where to start. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people struggle with where to start. Um, Yes. I will say in the beginning when we were both at North High, you know, we didn't have any kids at that point. So it was a little bit easier, even though it was a new program. And yes, it, it was a lot of work. We worked together, but, you know, we didn't have a, another little human we were having to take care of except for ourselves. So we did spend a lot of time, you know, um, working together to, to get it going. I think it was just different. We were both a lot younger and, you know, as Steve mentioned earlier, you know, inexperienced as far as, you know, being a head coach and 
being a coach's wife is definitely um, something you have to love. Um, otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so for me, in the beginning, I don't feel like we were incredibly overwhelmed with um, the coaching aspect per se. Um, but once Joseph came along, then it was a little different. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically because when we were at North High, I was also coaching and I was coaching basketball and those two seasons intersect. So that's, that's where the, the challenge became, you know, football and then I would move into basketball. So, you know, we definitely um, struggled a little bit on being able to connect together uh, because we were really doing a lot for kids, which is always the focus. But um, we kind of put ourselves on the back burner, which was a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So then Joseph came along and I was still coaching as was Steve. So we kind of had to um, spend a lot of time talking on the phone <laughs> more than we would talk when we were at home because by the time, <laughs> you know, you get home, you're just exhausted. Right. So, you know, and then having, and having a baby and um, just working through that, um, you know, definitely posed a few challenges. We, we did learn how to manage it better um, mm -hmm. by the end of um, when we were at North High. And then once we got to Salinas and he was an assistant coach, Joseph was, I think, seven. Um, so I want to say he was about 10 when, when Steve took over the program as a head coach. And so we had just decided, all right, well, we need to make sure that whatever we're doing, we're going to have to figure out how we can do it together so that mm -hmm. we can still spend time together make the program as successful as possible and include as many people as possible. I think the one thing that really helped us from being overwhelmed was finding um, coaches and parents that really support what we do and bring them in. So we've got a few really amazing go-to parents that run a lot of the other behind the scenes stuff that people don't see. All right. It's those three so D's I, of management. Yeah. You delegate. Right. So I, right. So I think that's what really helps us from being overwhelmed. Like we will sit and have conversations. In fact, we're on our way home from LA because we came to watch our cheerleaders uh, compete at nationals. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we talked all the way up about, you know, the next season and, when we're going to get started and fundraising and all of the things that we need to work on uh, right. before the season begins. Um, but then we also do meet with um, a couple of parents that really run some of the other parts. Like we have one parent, um, Calvin, who does all of our um, food organization because we do feed the kids um, wow. twice, twice a week. Um, so there's a lot of uh, running parts, especially the size of our program. We had 185 this last year. We had 185 kids. Are you so, kidding me? That's huge. No, so so wow. when we go, <clears throat> we have 27 coaches, 185 kids. We had 52 cheerleaders. Oh my so gosh. On a, Thursday, on a Thursday home game, let's say, which is when our freshmen play, we do a team dinner. So that means after JV varsity do their run through practice for their Friday game and okay. cheer is doing their practice. Then they come all into the pit right before the freshman game. We feed everybody and then they sit and they watch the freshman game. So trying to support them as well because they're new to mm -hmm. the school, you know, right. and helping, helping them realize that they are an important part of the team. Yeah. Um, and then we feed the freshmen after their game on Thursday nights. Okay. So that takes a lot of wow. organization. So I delegate that to Callie and then she rounds up parents that then put everything together. We do a sign up genius. We mm -hmm. lay it all out. Everybody brings whatever they need to bring, drops it off. And uh, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. A lot of camaraderie within the uh, parent unit. Our comp cheerleaders are getting ready for uh, nationals, which is just what we were at this weekend. So they come in and they also, okay. you know, there's 20, 25 of them. So they get 
with our JV varsity teams. Um, again, building community, we want them to know they work extremely hard. And they, I mean, the amount of time that they put in for a two minute routine is insane. Um, but that's why they are so talented. Right. So, so there's a lot, of, incredible. There's a lot of things that could, could cause overwhelming and anxiety-ridden days. Uh, but the fact that we surround ourselves with uh, exceptional people that, uh, again, mm -hmm. are wanting to put the focus on children and what's best for kids, you know, that is, that's why we do what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so do you find yourself... Yeah, yeah. No, well, we have to give credit. Kudas in charge of cheer, right? And uh, she actually got right. hired about a month before me. And uh, when I got hired, she goes, "We, you know, because most high schools cheer and football are separate. Uh, uh -huh. Youth sports are usually partnered together because you know it's the same parents with the same kids. And then uh -huh. for whatever reason, and I was definitely one of those people where like, like I don't want to be involved with cheer, and uh, mm -hmm. like. We should definitely keep it separate and you know all that and and Malie basically just pretended i wasn't talking to her and just kept telling me how we were gonna work <laughs> how uh, we were gonna work together and yeah and she's yeah and i would like now i would never want to do it any other way uh, it's uh -huh. another way i think that we get to build community is you know it's not just about football uh it's about uh, the community at selena's high and it's not just about football and cheer like our student right. section is fantastic you know, mm -hmm. our parents are awesome, and it's it's really just a great way to bring the community together and around something that's, let's face it, it's a high school sport, and it's a fun game. And we yep. get to build community that way and make it special for kids and for families. Uh, the overwhelming part is, like, it's absolutely does get overwhelming, uh, mm -hmm. usually right about the middle of as where my cup is completely full, and and I'm usually at that point in time, I'm due to freak out at least once right about October. Uh, <laughs> and, and hopefully it's just yeah. once. This year it was just once. So uh, we're. Hey, that's right, pretty good. Uh, yeah, it used to be once a week. So I'm like, all right, I'm down to once a year. That's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> Reasonable expectations. It's just. Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of. We've been doing a lot of different things. We do all kinds of things to just uh, try to get their whole body and mind and emotional part and stuff that 20 years ago we never did, but really starting to understand how important mm -hmm. it is for kids to be emotionally and mentally healthy, not just physically healthy. And we try to encourage all of those things. And I finally had uh, this uh, go in the middle of the pandemic and everybody in the world's crazy. And, uh, Finally, it was, uh, we, had, we had to get home about, uh, yeah, we probably need to do that for ourselves, too. Uh, it's, oh, it's great that we yeah. do this for kids, but we're not really doing this for ourselves. And and uh, that sense of being just overwhelmed and stressed out all the time. And yeah, I mean, it's real and it happens, but mm -hmm. just trying to develop better tools to deal with that and just a, a different way of looking at things instead of feeling overwhelmed all the time and I, those feelings happen, but just just developing better tools to deal with it. Like for me, riding a bike for an hour, if I can do it every single day, that tends to get rid of most of my stress. Uh, mm -hmm. For Stephanie, I know working out working out gets rid of most of her stress. And I, it's I, maybe it's cheesy, but taking a ten minute walk and holding hands seems to help out a ton. <laughs> sure does. Sure does. We last month we interviewed. Um, Terry Bradway, she's a life coach. And she yeah. was saying that's how you complete your cycle of stress is by doing a physical thing or like physical touch, even yeah. like a long hug or so. I mean, you're spot on for what exactly what she was saying. You're saying the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I heard it from Terry, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> she's helping us all. It's true. Yeah. Yes, she's great. She does. Oh. She's phenomenal. Um, awesome. So are there other things like, I'm, I'm imagining that you have a lot of students that come to you individually that are 
you do probably a lot of counseling. Like you're saying, it's not really about football. It's about building community. It's about supporting all the other healthy things in your life. You know, your mental health, your physical health, your um, emotional health, that kind of thing. So I imagine you guys do a lot of like counseling. How do you, how do you help students when they're going through overwhelm? Well, I would say the biggest thing is, is listening. Um, yeah. Just, just listening and letting them talk. A lot of times they just need to be heard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes parents don't have the tools. Sometimes parents, they don't want to tell their parents and they would rather talk to somebody else. Right. Um, sometimes it's just because we see them the most or, yeah. you know, they, they're in school for six hours of their day. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot more interactions with them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to me, I would think listening is one of the biggest things. I'm sure Steve uh, can elaborate a little bit on that. I, the listening part and just making sure that they know that it's okay to talk to me. And I, I don't have any, for me, I'm real clear with them at the beginning. If a kid wants to talk to me about something, like, I, I have no ulterior motives here. Like, I'm not trying to get mm -hmm. you to do what I want. I'm not trying to... A young man this last week was just talking about college and playing college football and and he's you know he's feeling some stress and pressure about it and I'm like well i mean i just want you to know if you decide you don't want to go to college or play that is your decision and i support you and uh, mm -hmm. that's uh, i know a lot of teenagers because you know they're pleasers just like all of us are at some point yeah. in time and and they want to you know they want their coaches to be happy with them and they want their parents to be happy with them and well teenagers less with the parents but more with other people <laughs> but uh and you know just making sure they know like hey i i support you like whether or not you play football and yeah. i support you whether or not you're doing what i want you to do because I, you're the only one that has to live with yourself your whole life mm -hmm. uh, I, that's something that like i'm pretty clear on with myself is that like if i have to make a decision that's not a popular decision the only person that has to live with that decision 100% of the time is me. And, yeah. and, uh, and so I try to make the best decision I can so I can sleep at night. Yep. And, uh, and I don't I don't ever want kids to think that they're less important than anything else. Like, mm -hmm. We're big in our family and we're big on the kids are important, people are important, things are not. And I'm not going to treat a kid like a thing. They're not a means to an ends. They're not a means to wins of football. They're not a means for anything for me personally, other than I want to see them succeed. And mm -hmm. that helps with, uh, I very rarely feel stressed unless I'm really worried about a kid. And the worry usually comes from if I think they're in a dangerous situation, uh, or if I think they're in a position where like, gosh, this kid's really unhappy and I don't know if we can help them. What can we do to get them help? Right. Uh, that's usually where the stress comes from. And, mm -hmm. you know, and the hard part is sometimes you don't want to break your confidence and sometimes you have to, because the kid's well being is more important. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure that there's lots of discussions. I know. Um, I also coached for Selena Cy for a few years, but you know, there's some like minimal training, really. I think that yeah. you just end up having a lot of coaches that are, you know, have genuine care and concern and, yeah. um, but there's access to resources, but you know, yeah. I'm not sure if there, it's real clear. Maybe you guys have a really clear like guidelines as far as with your coaches, you know, when, if a kid needs certain help, like, how do you guys get together to help students through that, through overwhelming situations? When I was younger, I felt like, uh, like that I had to have a great relationship with every kid in our program. And mm -hmm. I make sure I have a relationship with every kid in our program. Like, I know all their names. I know their classes. I know who they are as a person. Uh, wow. But it's not as important to me. It used to be because I, I was, I, frankly, I think I was being selfish, is that they had to have a great relationship with me. And right. to me, it's less important now that they have a great relationship with me is that they have a great relationship with somebody in our program. Mm, yeah. uh, some of the kids really, obviously, I mean, they gravitate towards Stephanie more than me. Uh, mm -hmm. which is, uh, it's different, like not something I had ever expected to happen in football. Uh, but our <laughs> assistant coaches, our, our assistant coaches are all good. I, I'm not hiring the greatest coaches. I'm hiring the best man I can possibly surround our kids with. And yes. the coaching part is really secondary. And if, if my thing is we talk to new coaches about it is 
hey, uh, you're going to have these kids for a short amount of time. Make sure you make an impact and make sure, like, make sure that you're focused on what's best for them. You know, the football part takes care of itself. Make sure that we're focused on what's best for the kids and make sure that, you know, I, we do, we talk about the big brother deal is like, you know, I, I don't need you to be hard on the kids. That's my job. You know, and we kind of do the family structure where I'm dad and you guys are the brothers and, you know, they need to feel comfortable, feel comfortable talking to you about things that they maybe they're not comfortable talking to me about. And then we have a way for them to talk to me about it. Like, if they're concerned about a kid then and they don't feel comfortable dealing with it, then they talk to me and they bring me in. And then if yeah. we need to bring someone else in, we do after that. And it, it's kind of nice. It's, uh, you know, it, it's nice that kids have someone they can talk to. Absolutely. You know, a lot of, a lot of the time that's all they need. They just need an adult to listen to them and, and frankly validate that what they're saying is important. And, Nine times out of 10, that takes care of whatever the issue is for the kid. Yeah, I would also, I, I agree with that too. And um, kind of some of the things I do, like when I'm in my class, you know, of course, physical education is great for the mind uh, mm-hmm. as much as it is for your body. And of course, teenagers struggle with that. Um, you know, a lot of them don't like to exercise or don't feel um good enough i guess to exercise yeah um, yeah so some of the things some of the things that i do and i don't do it all the time but for instance this last week i've been out on the practice field which is what is on the inside of our track so we do our warm-ups like we normally do our dynamic warm-up and then sometimes i'll have them just walk two laps and all they have to do is stay in front of me so i walk with them and it's very interesting to see like every day there's a different kid that will just walk with me and talk. Mm, and yeah. I think that part, you know, helps you build the relationship with the kid. And then that's why I think they come to us a lot because they know that we're going to be there to listen and mm-hmm. support them if they need it. But even some of like my harder core kids that can be really difficult will literally be the ones that walk with me and just talk. You know, yeah. and they ask me personal questions. And so I talk about our family and, you know, and then they tell me stuff about their family and just kind of lets them know that like we're human and we support you and love you. Like, mm-hmm. like our own, like my own child. Um, yeah. And that we, you know, we value them. You know, a lot of kids don't feel very valued and it's hard. I mean, I have 48 kids in a class, so it's hard to get to every single one and to build a connection with every single one, but I always do my best to have those days where I just, I'm out there walking with them so that they can be like, oh, well, maybe I'll ask her a question. You know, we talk about sports a lot. We talk about, you know, all kinds of things. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really, uh, really fills my cup up of just feeling like I am doing something good um, with my life. Yeah. So that maybe that's a good segue into we haven't really touched on like the faith question is do you feel like you have a, a faith that helped lead you into these just incredible altruistic beautiful you guys just live these lives of giving to your community and building things up did that come from a faith foundation or just living through your life um you know how did you develop these um values Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of parts to that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell me all of them. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, I mean, I do have faith. I do believe in God. I, I feel that um, this was, you know, you don't always necessarily even like Steve touched on earlier. He was not, that was teaching was not like his first thought to be when he right. was going to grow up. Well, it wasn't mine either. I mean, I, my original major was brain biology. And then huh. I realized you, know, you have to do a lot of research for brain biology and you're alone. <laughs> you know, you're on a ship, you're by yourself. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's not really for me. Cause I, I like right. to, as Steve says, I like to talk and I, <laughs> I like people. I like conversation. I, I, I liked, I love being around other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, well, I really like helping people. So I thought, well, I'll go into nursing because I think that's a great profession. 
-hmm. and I started doing I started doing my classes for that and then I realized you know I don't really want to be indoors I don't know if I necessarily um, I mean I love taking care of people but I didn't know if that was really my path so when I started lifeguarding at the YMCA when I was 19 and I was going mm -hmm. to Hartnell um, Trisha Brown was my boss whose mom I've known we've known our entire lives growing up um, Steve went to school with her, uh, with her younger brother Tim and her older sister Johanna was my swim instructor when I was like six so oh yeah and, you know community and family so um, she was like do you want to teach some swim lessons and I'm like uh, okay like, sure. I, don't, I don't know right. never, never done it before so sure so you know went through a couple of classes I started teaching swimming and I just like fell in love with working with kids and I was like oh maybe this is what I want to do and that was really how I developed into I think I want to be a teacher and then I went to school for physical education because there's no way I wanted to be inside I didn't want to be in a desk job or sit you know in a classroom all day it was just not my thing mm -hmm. so that's really what developed into me going into teaching awesome and really I really um loved just the again the community part of it right I mean teachers are another part of the community like we all work together to help kids um, be successful right so I think like that little path and just you know knowing that um, the Lord was going to lead me in whatever direction I was meant to be in um, you know he works in mysterious ways you know I moved home not really knowing what was going to happen. You know, my dad passed away six months after I moved home. So I think it was oh, wow. like meant to be to move home. Mm -hmm. I met Steve, my dad met Steve and actually Steve's got a really good story about uh, my dad, which was really funny. So I will let him tell you that. Uh, but it was, I think like, you know, I always thought, you know, God took me where I needed to be at that point in my life. Right to surround me with who I needed to be around so well I've heard um, that really from both of you yeah, yeah I hear I hear both of your stories you know Steve starting to coach and I didn't really want to because you know I think I've heard that Steve you played football in college also Is yeah right? I did I played yeah. it actually I went to Santa Clara University out of high school um and that was last year football and then uh I, I have a twin brother we both actually went to Santa Clara with uh, three other kids actually in our class at Paul actually went to play football at Santa Clara. And then uh, my brother and I actually ended up at University of Idaho after that first year, uh, Santa Clara discontinued their football program. That was kind of when all the division schools, uh, all the D division two schools in California got rid of football in the early nineties. Uh, and just, it was financial, financial reasons, but uh, right. ended up at University of Idaho and, and I, most, uh, it's funny is that most people that play college football have no intention of ever coaching afterwards. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a harsher environment. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's not fun. It's just a different kind of fun. It's uh, right. much more based. And I mean, your coach's livelihoods depend on how good, you know, kids do in the sport and mm. uh, just uh, much more of that. The satisfaction was more in the achievement and more in the, you know, the satisfaction of working hard and competing and less of the fun I'm playing with my friends. Uh, yeah. Or high school, I think, a lot more based on you're playing kids you grew up with and you're playing with your neighborhood friends. And that's I just think that's special and kind of a good thing. So right. for me personally, though, I mean, I had, I think, uh, 11 years of Catholic schooling and uh, I actually wanted to be a priest uh, until puberty. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, about 13, I changed my mind. Uh, and then uh, I, it was always important to me. We always went to church growing up, and we don't go as often as I'd like. Just life happens, I guess. But uh, that part's always been important to me. And like I, it's something that I've talked to my son about, about being passionate about something that you do. And like, I don't want to do anything I'm not passionate about. But, uh, like, the kids that play for me have heard me say this before. Like, I know why I'm here. Like, I'm here to serve kids, and uh, mm -hmm. I know why I'm here. Like, that was 
after my first year of teaching, it was really obvious to me that this is what I meant to do. I know I'm here. I'm here to help kids succeed. And, you know, in whatever it is, in math class and football and, you know, if they're doing mountain biking, I like to go watch that. Whatever they're doing that they, they're passionate about, I think it's great to encourage kids to, to follow their passions and follow their dreams. And, you know, and I'm not the realistic bring them down to earth coach because uh, <laughs> I've had that talk with the dad before. He'd really like to play at this level. I don't think he's capable of playing at that level. And I said, well, I'm not the dream killer. And I'm not telling him that. He's like, what do you mean? I go, well, I mean, I think it's great that your son has a dream and his dream is to play division one football. And I'm not the kind of person that's ever going to tell a kid not to chase his dream. And if he doesn't get it and he ends up somewhere at a lower level or at a different level and whatever happens in his life, I, I think it's great to have dreams and to chase them. And I'm not the person that's ever going to tell a kid they can't reach their dream. Right. And I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to be football. We have kids that, I mean, their dream is going to be, hey, I just want to be a great husband and dad and have a good job and live a great life. And mm-hmm. I think that's admirable, just like any other dream. And yeah. our big deal is, like, I'm never going to discourage a kid from doing something good. So, or being involved in anything, unless I feel like it's bad for them. But uh, yeah, that's always the, uh, hey, you're making bad friend choices talking. Like, you might want to think about it. And I always tell them, like, I have friends like that, too. I just don't hang out with them. You have to kind of understand how that works. Yeah. Like, it's okay to have friends or your friends that you grew up with. And when your paths diverge and those things happen, like, you just got to think. Like, I have friends like that I grew up with, too. And it's not that we're not friends. We are still friends. I just don't hang out with them. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't need to have a big old long talk and tell them why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. It's always the same. It's, you know. And hopefully they're your friend and you can encourage them to come back to, to doing what you do instead of the other way. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I hear a lot of what um, both you and Stephanie, that there were people in your life that really just like spoke life into you and hope. And like, Stephanie, why don't you try teaching swimming lessons or hey, Steve, why don't you think about taking this job when you hadn't really thought about that before? You, you guys became who you are and like listened and were surrounded by people who either coached or spoken to you and now you guys are doing that for so many others as well you know doing that listening and practicing speaking life and encouragement into students so i just amazing i love it i'm so i'm just so proud of you guys yeah steve did not want to take the job at salinas or didn't even want to apply and i was like you have to apply he's like why I'm like because you have to apply i know by what i've seen in the 20 years that we've been married um i know what i've seen and what an impact he's made on kids and mm-hmm. i was like this is your this is your opportunity to you know continue to give back and do what we do and what we love yeah. and uh, it's a great way to be able to support our community i mean Obviously, I love being at I graduated from Salinas High, and, and it's great to give back to where I went to school and had so many influential teachers in my own life and uh, coaches that, you know, believed in me. And so I, I you know, I did nudge him very, uh, well, I nudged him quite a bit. I was like, you should, you should apply. <laughs> I don't know about you should apply. Well, you know, and then I just said, and then as he said earlier, you know, we just decided, let, let's do it together. We'll do it together. We, we've done this together before, you know, as you get older, you learn more things. Well, every year I'm learning things. So, right. you know, every year of the season, I learn something new, uh, of what I'm prepared and getting ready to do so that, you know, our kids have the best experience possible and our families. I mean, we want it to be a good experience for our families, which is why we put so much into, you know, making those Friday nights fun and memorable and people come to the pit, which is the best place to play a game, of course, in this county. Yeah. Well, uh, and for those of you, you know, who are listening, those who are, might be listening who aren't from Salinas, the pit is this awesome stadium at the high school that you have to climb up the stairs to get. And so the field is down low and there's great seats all around. So that's what the pit is, too. <laughs> Throw that in there. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's. I just, I don't know. I just, I've known 
obviously I've known him for a long time and I see what an impact he makes on kids. And I was like, this is another opportunity. Let's do it. So he did apply and, and I'm really happy he did because it's, it's been a, it's been a great ride. Well, we're all happy, happy. The entire community is happy that he applied <laughs> and that you two together <laughs> really did. A, you two together really did apply, you know, and you two together are, um, I, I don't know. There's probably some like great quote or something that has, says something to this effect that I cannot articulate, but you know, that two heads are better than one or something like that. You know, the two of you are more than the sum of your parts. The two of you together have built this beautiful program and, um, you know, the strength is more than if you just had two different individuals, like somebody that was some organized person and somebody that was like the coach that, you know, the football coach, it's, it's different. It's more than that. And we all see it. We all see it in the community. So, I mean, look at how many hundreds of lives you guys have impacted at this point. Did you tell me again, how many, how many players you guys had last year? 185 last year. 185. And a 20-something coaches? Yeah. yeah, we had 26 coaches. And yeah. actually, this year, I just had sign-ups for JV and varsity. And if we have a normal amount of freshmen, it looks like we might have 230 kids playing this year. Oh, my gosh. Woo! Yeah, it's, uh, that part, there's so a little overwhelming part there. Yeah. That's overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm in, you guys. Yeah, if you're hiring more coaches, I'm in. I'm ready. I don't know anything about football, but <laughs> but I can listen. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. No. I tried to get Stephanie to be our freshman head coach at North High, and that was, her, her response was, uh, I don't know anything about football. I go, yeah, but you don't have to know anything about football to help coach. That's We can teach you that part. That part's right? easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'll stick to basketball. That's really basketball. that's really my love. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was your love. Oh, uh, oh, we here, you guys. Who's that? We should introduce your son. He's there in the car. I thought you were. I, he, is <laughs> he is your love. <laughs> I know. He well, let's introduce love. him. Let's in, Joseph. Do you Joseph, mind? Say hi. You could just say hi. You don't have to oh. tell us your life story. No. <laughs> Say hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, we're, we're you know, 13-year-olds, yeah. so, you know, hi. So oh, yeah. Is your birthday soon? He's about to be 14, right? When's your birthday? End of March. End of March. Another month. End of yeah. March. It is soon. So, backstory there is that that's how I met Stephanie, for real. I think I knew of you before, but our kids were in preschool yes. together. So yes. her son Joseph is the same age as my daughter Jane, and we are, they're both eighth graders now. I and know. I am wearing, I yeah, that. I know. They're going to be freshmen at Salinas High next year together. So Assuming good. Joseph's going to go there. <laughs> yes, he is. No, I'm obviously going. Yes. Are you going to play football? Yes. Are you going to play football? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> right. Yeah, he better. He better. I mean, just being on the team just sounds like such a great um, environment, right? Just a fun community, even if, I mean, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's a pretty big kid. <laughs> that was the other thing we changed this time around. I, we're always, everyone's always wants to, I want to play in college and I want this. And I, the reality is, is that 7% of kids in high school go on and play at some level of college. And mm -hmm. I, it was just that point where I'm like, I don't know why we're basing what we do in our program off of 10 kids out of 180. Uh, yeah. It was, and then, because th those kids are going to be motivated. The kids that have those dreams and aspirations. And it was uh, that kind of time where it's like, you know, we should really base our, our program off of making a great experience for kids. And I know just personal experience that boys that are happy do better in their lives. And that's really, to me, the only indicator for boys is when they're happy they do good and yep. so we really try to focus on let's make sure every single kid gets coached number one let's make sure every single kid has a good experience and feels important and let's make mm. sure every single kid out there knows they're they're all parts of the team and they're all equally important you know and i don't that doesn't mean anything to do with playing time because the best kids play that's just the way it goes but every kid needs to feel important and every kid needs to know that they're just as important as every other kid Yep. And I awesome. will say um, something that we do um, 
at the end of the varsity season, well, actually at the end of the regular varsity season, uh, we do a senior dinner uh, that we do for varsity football and cheer. Um, and probably the coolest part about the evening is um, Steve has all the guys come up and Malia does the same thing with the cheerleaders and he talks about every kid and he talks mm. about them like they live in our home. You know, yeah. like when he, when he said, when he said earlier, like, I know every kid, I know their name. He literally will have a story about every kid. And we're talking maybe 40 or 35 seniors this last year. So when you get up and you get to hear and the kids get to hear about how, you know, he talks about them. It is such a um, special moment mm-hmm. that I think that's the other reason why this program works so well is, and then the parents, you know, are at the dinner and they get to, they get to experience a little bit about like how much, you know, Steve cares about their kids. I mean, we both do, but hearing him talk is it, like he said earlier, it is captivating. In mm-hmm. the oh, <laughs> it's very cool. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, that I let the kids choose about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds before I talk about them, they get to choose. You want me to tell you, tell a good story about you? Or f- and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't prepare anything. Like, my, it takes me about, it takes me eight hours that day just to prepare myself for it. But, uh, like, I don't prepare what I'm going to say. I just, I try to just talk exactly from the heart. This is who this kid is. This is what I love about him. This is what they're great at. And whether it's football or not, I don't really care. They're all great kids. Yeah. That is super special. So what I'm what I'm really learning so much from you guys is well, A, how awesome you are, but B, how much preparation. It's like we're you know, this topic of overwhelm, it's not what I'm hearing from you is not a lot of like response to overwhelm necessary. It's like preparing for overwhelm and preparing to not to be overwhelmed basically. Um, and how you guys have learned from the past so that you're, you're not getting there. Right. And you're able to help students not get there really. I mean, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hearing the we most. But I'm, yeah. We just did all the ordering for next season last week. So, I mean, we start in August and yeah. everything's lined up and ordered and just, you know, just that that's the one thing I think is, hey, coaches, the longer you've been doing it, the better prepared and organized you are. And, you know, and being able to prepare a budget and being able to plan out 10 games and 10 freshman games, which are not the same anymore because not everybody has freshmen and mm. figuring out buses and all that kind of stuff. And uh, waiting until August is definitely a way to be overwhelmed. Yeah, <laughs> we, try to, right? we try to have everything done to plan for the season and Callie and Stephanie meet in the summer to plan out the meals for the year and, and Malie meets with Stephanie and they plan out games and senior night and, and they get all that stuff planned in the summer so that way when it comes to the season we can really focus on kids and football. Right. Yeah, that, and as you said, the preparation is really what helps you from being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we do we do a lot of work in the summertime, um, which again is a benefit of being a teacher. You know, you have a little bit of time to kind of decompress, prepare, and just get ready for you know whatever day football starts and school for that matter. Um, but I think that really gives us a good uh, foundation so that once the season comes, you know you're going to be tired, you know you're going to be doing a lot. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just have to, you just know, you just, you know what to expect. So mm-hmm. I think that really helps like prepare your mind so you don't feel overwhelmed. Um, right. Obviously surrounding yourself with people that support you. So like in the summertime, I start my uh, email parent list um, and I do a communication kind of maybe every other week in the summer and then once the season starts i send a weekly email to every Mm -hmm. parent in our uh program so they know you know days of practice time change for a game traveling 
whatever early outs what we need for for our dinners and lunches so when we travel on a bus we do like a little snack so they get out of school they take a snack they get on the bus they go to their game so Mm -hmm. that communication also helps parents from being overwhelmed especially freshman parents because it's it's a lot to know I mean just coming into a high school is a lot to know Uh, now that we are going to be parents of a high schooler uh, Mm. I went to my first I went to my first parent meeting uh, and uh, it was online but I was like oh I didn't actually know that and I worked at the school (laughs) so imagine so imagine people that don't work at a school and have no idea how how much is involved in organization wise that's why we do our parent email you know most sports don't do that most other people don't do that i just feel for us mm-hmm. i'd rather the parents know what we're doing so that they can enjoy it as much as possible and and be aware of what their kids are doing yeah. um, you know and that's a great way to build you know community support um, yeah. is to you know keep them involved and let them know what we're doing so that all of those things together are really i think what help us from being too overwhelmed i mean like you know granted big games or homecoming or senior night or we do a mentor jersey exchange with our teachers so our, our seniors uh select a teacher that they want to honor actually a staff member i take that back it could be a staff okay. member so it could be a right. custodian it could be a, a vice principal it could be a coach it could be a teacher it could be a, an aide in a classroom they select somebody that they want to say thank you to uh and we host a luncheon for asb hosts a luncheon for us and they uh, get to sit down and have lunch with their mentor and tell them thank you they write them a thank you note Oh my they gosh, give them awesome. a, a shirt. They give them a shirt that the teachers then get to wear to the game. So they invite them. We'd like you to come to the game this tonight or tomorrow night. You're in a uh, shirt and on the back it says, I make a difference. And uh-huh. then we honored at the game. So it's really cool. And that's, again, trying to build community, trying to teach mm-hmm. kids, like, be thankful for, you know, the people in your life that help support you. Right. A lot of times, you know, they don't necessarily get to do those things. So it's nice that they, they get to, to show somebody that they appreciate them. And I think uh, kids get a bad rap nowadays that like, oh, they're not as tough as we were. And they're not this and this. And that's just because, in my opinion, 99.9% kids now are wonderful. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't know any, I don't know any bad kids. I don't believe in bad kids anyway. I think that there's kids right. that made bad choices. But, uh so few and far between we're just in this uh i just think we're it's getting better but i think we're in that point in our society where we're so focused on anything that negative that happens and i don't see it like we, you always hear horror stories about parents and uh i haven't had a negative i mean there's always interactions that you wish went a different way but i can say i haven't had an interaction with a parent in probably 15 years that i would think was negative like I, I, their parents are concerned about their kids. Of course, like I don't see how that's. I, I've never understood why that's negative. If mm-hmm. a kid, a parent loves their kid and is involved and has questions about what's going on in your class or in football, like just for me, like I've never understood how that's a negative. I'm glad right. they're involved. Yep. <laughs> I mean, honestly, 100%. like we've been doing this long enough. We know parents that never once talk to you about anything with their kid. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer the other side where they're too involved. Um, at least then you know they care and they love their kid you know that you know they're invested in what's going on and it's always like the the monkey in the room or whatever is that you know talking about playing time and I don't have a problem with that like I've never like I understand why some coaches don't want to because they feel like they're being questioned but uh I don't feel like I'm being questioned I feel like a parent that's concerned about their kid why shouldn't they talk to me and I'd rather them talk to me than have hard feelings like yep. I would prefer, like that you talk to me about it, and like I, as I tell them in our parent meeting, uh, just don't get in with me or call names. Like, right. <laughs> like you know, you can, whatever you have to say, and I can agree or disagree with. You. I say whatever I have to say. You can agree or disagree with me, but we can be cordial and just talk about it. And yes. 
just understand from my point of view that your love and care goes to one kid and my love and care has to go to 185 kids. And it doesn't mean that one kid is less important than another. It just means that you're focused on one and I'm focused on 180. So it's just a little different perspective. That is a really good point. Yeah. So at the end of our interviews and every episode that we have of our podcast, we always like encourage our listeners to do something. It's kind of like we call it our via con Dios, where something you're just going to go out and like a simple actionable item that could possibly help us all as we're practicing working through these, you know, different things in life. And as we're practicing dealing with overwhelm this month, um, I'm going to ask you guys, I've written down some things that you guys have done and said throughout this conversation, but I always like to offer it to you. If either of you have thought, do you have a little bit of advice, like a simple actionable item that anybody can do to help them, you know, overcome or avoid overwhelm? I think it would be just be involved in something. Uh, Just the amount is something I talk to my players about. I go, uh, you owe me. I tell my seniors, and I I don't care if it's popular or not, you owe me for what I've done for you. (laughs) What you owe me is is at some point in your life, you need to give back to your community. And whether that's Salinas High, whether that's Salinas, whether that's wherever you happen to be living, at some point in time, you should give back to your community. And that could be, I'm going to work in a soup kitchen. That could be, I'm going to coach a little league baseball team. I am indifferent to what you do. Just give back. Mm-hmm. Do something to give back. And you get so much more out of it than you give. And it makes any feelings of being overwhelmed and any stress worth it. Just to see a smile on someone else's face that you helped put there. That's right. And it, and it, you, you always have something to give. Yeah. Everybody has something to give. Yep. I'm, I'm not the, always the nicest person in the world. And like, I'm not always the easiest person in the world to get along with. Like, I know I'm, I'm, I can be difficult, I think, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, like it just makes it all easier. Okay. I'm having a rough day. I'm whatever's going on. And Stephanie will say like, Hey, like, let's talk about something else. Like, you know, what's coming up? Like, weight room's starting up. Aren't you excited about that? Those kids are going to be excited. We got to be excited about it for them. And that kind of takes all the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Well, switch in thinking from inward to outward, yeah. too. We'll, we'll flip the switch. Yeah, and no matter how bad you have it, somebody's always got it worse. And yeah. my grandparents are great about telling us about that. Like, I mean, they grew up in the depression and I, I somebody always has it worse than you. I remember yeah. my grandfather telling me that and somebody always has it worse than you and focusing on you is kind of selfish. And my grandfather didn't mince any words. So we generally <laughs> listen the whole five, he'd say about 10 words a day. And so we made sure we listened to him. Yeah. <laughs> all 10. <laughs> oh yeah. All 10. We had to get him. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I want, I, I thank you guys so much for being available and for sharing your stories um, with, with me and with all of our Jackie and Stacy show listeners. Although I think we should change it to the Steven and Stephanie and Stacy. It's a great alliteration. It'll be a great show <laughs> every week, S's. guys. A lot of S's. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of S's. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you guys. Well, I just, I appreciate uh, I really, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, good, good. Well, you like talking, so I, you know, Steve told me earlier, you know, yeah. Stephanie likes talking a totally lot, so true. figured it would work totally out. <laughs> ah. Oh, I can get so, the good story about her dad. We'd been dating for oh, three yeah. months. Oh, yeah, let's go. I met, her let's dad. go. I met her dad the first time we'd been dating for eh, three months, probably about that time, before and Christmas, yeah. right before Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> and Stephanie was out of the room for a second. He told me, uh, when you're ready, you have my permission to ask. <laughs> I remember like, wow. uh, what? ask what? I go, ask <laughs> what? And, uh, and he, I was actually like looking back, happy that he said that because he passed away a couple months later. And oh, I was wow. just happy to know that when I had his blessing to ask his daughter to marry me. So I was 
that was kind of a nice thing to have. And oh, yeah. Kind of that whole, yeah. And he didn't tell me this for a really long time. That was such a great story to hear from the Zanks, their original love story, and how Steve got the blessing from Stephanie's dad. Unfortunately, our recording cut off right then, but we just want to thank Steve and Stephanie for their time, not only on this podcast, but how much time they give to our whole community through serving at Selena's High as the head football team. So thanks, you guys. Thanks for joining us. And everybody's got their marching orders. Our Viacon Dios is get out there, use your talents, and help your community. Just serve in some way. All right. Viacon Dios.